Welcome to The Vinyl Preacher, your weekly podcast where we talk about the Bible and make a playlist. I'm Matt Caleb Pastor at St. Mark's Lutheran Church in Los Angeles, California. And I'm, uh, gosh, um, I'm Zach Paris. I'm the pastor of Lutheran Campus Ministry at the University of Colorado in uh, Boulder, Colorado. Zach, we had... Uh... We did it at my house yesterday. It was we got some we stopped at the local local place for takeout because swimming lessons are pretty busy and everything, you know. So we picked up some chicken, some rice and beans, and some plantains. Mmm, plantains. Yeah, my, my daughter, the vinyl one of the vinyl daughters. Vinyl children, <laughs> yeah. Vinyl the children vinyl. Didn't, want to, <laughs> didn't want to finish her plantain. And mm. uh and so it's just like a banana. Like you like bananas, you know? No, I don't <laughs> like it. I don't like it. And I really wanted to say, give that wolf. A banana, and uh, uh, I, didn't, I didn't do it. It comes from our theme song, listeners. If you don't know, but uh, that's what banana now references in my brain is that song, "The Wolf." So thanks. You give that wolf a banana. We are counting down the days, Matt. We should make a deal in blood. Uh, you know, we are headed, uh, dear listeners, to Coachella, twenty twenty three. Uh, we're excited to five years later to return to the valley. Uh, and soak all of that in. I think in 2024, we need to go to Eurovision. <laughs> yes. Yeah. The Eurovision finale. Yeah. We don't know where it's going to be uh, because as you recall, Matt, the host country is the winner's country from the year before. Hmm. So a little controversy this year, not really controversy, but just necessity. Uh, Ukraine, of course, won last year. Uh, Ukraine unable to host due to uh, <laughs> Russian to aggression. Yeah. Uh, so the second place, uh, Great Britain's United Kingdom, I think is what they compete as, uh, are uh, taking over the hosting duties this what, year. In, when does it happen? Uh, May. May I was in oh, Europe. Okay. I was in Europe when it occurred last year. Um, yeah, yeah. Sadly, quarantined, we could not watch. Yeah. <laughs> right. Yeah, I was like, I should have written that into into my sabbatical proposal, but maybe that's it. Maybe it's like you know, this is this might require some grant writing by us to make this happen. So we're going to write a proposal that we are spiritually renewed, spiritually renewed by by music, and uh, true, we need to make a pilgrimage. To your vision, I think we could. I think the Lily Foundation would fund this. I think they should. Um, you know, I don't. I think one of our great gifts is grant writing. Um, mm -hmm. And uh, gift. this year, it's in uh, in Liverpool. Liverpool. It's Whoa. where the lovable lads came from. Matt, we could do a lot with this, right? The lovable lads <laughs> from uh, Liverpool. Over in merry old England, uh, as they say, uh, that's where we could be if we just uh, did it this this year. It's true. Yeah. Yeah. That is. Wow. That's where we could be. Grand finale, May 13th, what? which is my anniversary. And I think I could shoehorn a vacation into that. It's fairly romantic. <laughs> yeah, that sounds pretty, sounds pretty um, romantic. Yeah. What year is this for us? 23. You take area the one uh 17th year anniversary i'm pretty sure is uh visiting the lovable lads of liverpool for the eurovision song contest hosted in spirit by ukraine and in uh, the physical realm 
by uh, the uh, Scouse, as they call them. They're the Scouse. People who live in Liverpool are called Scousers. Really? Yeah, Scousers, the Scouse. Mm-hmm. Huh. I'm not English, I'm Scouse, they would say. They would sing That's... at the football stadium. <laughs> Did not mm-hmm. did not know that it's uh well it's a time for live music, uh and like everyone's going on tour and uh, I'd like to be happy about it but I'm I feel like it's gonna really hit my pocketbook that's what I feel like right now it's just <laughs> it's all gonna be way too expensive because Ticketmaster's figured out to just bleed you dry and oh. uh, it's gonna be rough so this week uh, Springsteen announced that he's coming to the West Coast we were waiting on those West Coast dates finally dropped them uh, so be in Inglewood. Uh, always up to no good in December and it's going to play Wrigley field and I'm actually going to be in Chicago, but oh, uh, it's my mom's birthday. So I don't think I can bail. She doesn't want to go. I, I, what I a birthday it. gift. I think I'm the only one in my family that <laughs> loves Bruce Springsteen, uh, this 70 year old artist um, uh, who else is going to, Oh, and uh, I, I waited. I know we're going to talk about the Super Bowl, uh, mm-hmm. but I was waiting the entire game for one particular commercial <laughs> my band was going to announce their long rumored uh, residency in Vegas, which I think we talked about last week or two weeks ago on this podcast. Uh, we knew it was coming and they dropped. We were, I was just waiting on them to drop this ad. Yeah. Waiting, waiting. waiting. It was like right at the end of the game. Like it did. You did have to wait a it while. Was, it, was, it was a long time. And I definitely like lost my mind when it happened. <laughs> it's a super weird commercial. Uh, but yeah, they're going to be in Vegas. Apparently this ball did not drop. The announcement was a little bit underwhelming only because uh, all it was, was a link to where you could put your email in and they would tell you when they have more information. Because <laughs> there's no dates or prices or anything. So I'm like, what, what are we doing? They're telling you they like, sold the building to the University of Chicago. Big this- announcement. What's coming? I don't know. Put your email address in here. Yeah, yeah. We we'll, want your data. Uh, we'll let you know. So, the sphere. Yeah, I'm excited of, for that trip in the in the Triangle of Awesome. Yeah, we're all going to converge at Vegas. I've never had a fun trip to Vegas. I've only had uh, first call theological education in Las Vegas. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I yeah. It's it's. Well, it should be interesting. I hope that I'm a little bit worried. People keep telling me, oh, yeah, that sounds fun. Like, that might be the one time I see you, too. My brother told me this. You're, like, yeah. talking about Triangle of Awesome. I'm a little bit nervous because I think they're going to play, like, 10 shows. And it's not oh, that no. big of a theater. And I'm a little yeah. afraid, like, it's going to no, be, that would be bad. actually get tickets. Because <laughs> I thought, oh, YouTube's pretty old. Like, they're, it's got to be, like, easier to get tickets now. They're not. They're not that cool, yeah. and everyone just makes fun of them for the iTunes thing. So probably nobody mm-hmm. wants to see them live, right? If you've ever yeah. made fun of you two for the iTunes thing, I do not want to see you in line for tickets. All right, <laughs> like, do not come on. Like, give me a break. Uh, there should be a. But, they should check but, your social media first, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, but my experience trying to get tickets just to see Bono, just one member of you two, uh, was not Bono's, just a Bono. No, not yeah, singular, just, just one. Uh, so. So we'll see, but I'm I'm a little, I don't know. <laughs> we'll see how it goes. But anyway, you two did not perform this year uh, for the halftime show. They did 20 years ago. Uh, I can't mm-hmm. believe it's been that long. But not this year. This year we had Riri. Rihanna. Riri. Matt, we've talked about the halftime show and the musical performance numerous times. We did a live thing for Patreon for everybody, I think, actually, last year. <laughs> it was kind of, we did do that. 
a thing we did. Um, and uh, I think the hottest takes I've normally had about the halftime show is about the reaction to the halftime show. Uh, mm. When I used to be more on like the Facebook, uh, there's a whole genre of social media posts during the second half of the Super Bowl that says, I don't even know who these people are. Who cares? Like, what is like, that's the take, right? Like, who would like this? This is awful. Um, of like really poo pooing on the halftime show. And I've normally said, why would you do that? That's a waste of your time and energy. Don't yuck somebody else's yum. If it's not for you, just say, Oh, not for me this year. Um, right. You don't need to be like people who love the halftime show are subhuman. Um, that said, Matt, uh, I saw. So first I'll address the reaction. Okay. Cause there was division on the Facebook. There was plenty of, this was trash. Not good. Was there? <laughs> I, I did this. see some. I did see that. <laughs> and then a disproportionate to that proportion on my feed, on my algorithm was a reaction of like, this was amazing. Rihanna was pregnant. You should never disrespect her name. Right. Like, yeah. so it was, that was going on. Um, and I'd like to begin. So don't get canceled fully. Uh, by saying, I thought it was fine. Okay. <laughs> sure. Right. Like it's, it doesn't, impo- it's not important. It's the halftime show, of the Super Bowl. Um, I don't care that any other part of like a NFL production goes well. Uh, most of the time I'm hoping NFL productions uh, go poorly, or at least in a way that it negatively impacts uh, the owners. Um, uh, but I don't care a ton about it. Right. Uh, but I think there's room for criticizing art, Matt. And I think, there's a fair criticism to be made that it was, uh, it was meh. It was meh, Matt. <laughs> it was meh. Right? She didn't bring yeah, out. It, mm-hmm. Yeah. She didn't bring out any guests, right? And so, like, there was a whole theme on, on, on the social medias about how she didn't need to bring out any guests. And what a flex by Rihanna to, to not bring out any guests, uh, which is fine. You don't have to bring out guests. Here's the thing that bothered me, okay, Matt? Something bothered me, and I'm going to talk about it. Um, so, you know, like everybody uses a track at the Super Bowl halftime show, right? Like you can't sing. Like that's not how it works. You're lip syncing a Super Bowl halftime show mostly, right? Mm-hmm. You're with me here, Matt? Uh, yep. Here's what bothered right? Like there are people who said, you know, from time to time, it didn't seem like she was making a whole lot of effort to like sync up what her mouth with the track, uh, which is fair. But but there were other voices on the track, right? Like there were background singers and they weren't there. Right? Like, like there was a music playing, but the people playing the music clearly weren't, they weren't, they weren't on the stage. They were not anywhere. It was just Rihanna. There's like one song she brings the band out for. And I'm like, Oh, cause there's a, there's a band set up for the first half of the show. Uh, and, and you're like, Oh, well, there's going to be something with a band. Something's coming. This will be interesting to see what happens. And like a band slowly walks up uh, and they're there for a second, but then she like flies away and the camera sticks with her. Uh, <laughs> and so you're just vaguely reminded that this music came from instruments at one point. Um, yeah. And so, you know, mostly I, I, you know, my feedback would have been, uh, this doesn't seem like a real music performance seen as like, we've made no attempt to like, demonstrate that many people are creating this music together. Um, and that I think that, right. And this is just a, this is just a pure musical critique. 
um, of a show that is overwrought. Okay. Is that if you're going to go solo like that on that kind of stage, right? I think you got to musically be able to carry the show by yourself. And I don't think that's reread's uh, strength, right? Hit machine. You can't, I can't say enough, right? Uh, you know, the number of hits, right? It is remarkable. And she just hits you over the head with hit after hit after hit. The strength of those was never really her vocal ability, right? Like, I feel like if you're going to be the only musician on the stage for your entire Super Bowl halftime show, you got to be like Whitney Houston levels. I think Beyonce could do it, right? Like, the, like you know, you got to be able to carry it vocally. And I don't think that's certainly not her. I don't think that's her strength. Uh, and so, so there's my critique, Matt. Not afraid to say it. Very afraid to say it. I'm not going to say it in other ways. Oh, the, uh, the Navy is coming for you. That's her. That's her oh, fan base. That's the Navy. Thank goodness I'm in a landlocked state <laughs> without is. a navigable river. I listened. Uh, I listened to a podcast from a, a Switch Sound Pop episode on Rihanna last week. Uh, so good. I had forgotten. I mean, this is like my when I was watching. I was like, oh yeah, she did that song too. Oh yeah, that song too. That song too. Like she really has dominated the last like. I mean, so she hasn't put on up for about five years, but for the 15 years before that, she's dominated the dominated the scene which yeah. is pretty quite a flex to just drop all those hits um but yeah not a lot of uh surprises like i remember like katie perry i'm trying to remember like i don't remember her gets but i remember like was it, like left shark or something right? like she had enough yeah. like just like wild like what is happening next and i feel like that's an approach right like let's just throw everything mm-hmm. in the kitchen sink and just it's just gonna be all over the place um and I think Lady Gaga could be like that too. Like yeah. I remember her coach too. And I came away thinking she is working her butt off. Like, Oh my gosh. Yeah. Like she is working really hard right now. <laughs> like, um, but, uh, but right. It's like a different, she, she took a different approach. So my favorite uh, take on this, I mean, I feel like the biggest surprise was she's pregnant and then like, okay, that's the talking yeah. point. Like that's the, like, but then once you've dropped that, there's, there's not a whole lot of surprises. Um, but this was this was the take that uh, I found resonant on multiple levels. <laughs> this, is, this is John Caramonica from the New York Times. Who also does the podcast podcast. Uh, he says, Rihanna, one of the crucial pop hit makers of the 21st century, needs the Super Bowl less than the Super Bowl needs her. And her performance was a masterclass in doing exactly enough. She treated it like many people approach their professional obligations when their personal life is calling. Dutiful, lightly enthused, a little exhausted, looking to work the angles ever so slightly. <laughs> I was like, yeah, that tracks. I've, I've been there. That sounds good, mm-hmm. you know? That's uh, that's it. And then he says, the queen of nonchalance. Uh, she first appears on this stage floating with a 50-yard line. So I feel like that's like the approach, right? It's like, okay, she's she's nonchalant. She's up here. She's going to drop all these hits on you. And uh, that's going to be enough for you. <laughs> Beautiful fans. <laughs> uh, but uh, but I just like that line about like, yeah, there's a certain, you know, there's a certain place you get to in life where it's like, I'm going to do this professional obligation. And I'm not 20 years ago. Maybe I would have thrown everything at the wall. But right now, no, I'm just going to give you this. And that's enough. That's enough for you. Yeah. <laughs> Which is an approach. Like it or not, it's an approach. And uh, I respect and it. I think it's okay then it. that the response is also... <laughs> Yeah. Okay, that's fine. That's good. <laughs> yeah. She reminded me she had a lot of hits. That's good. Yeah. You know. Uh, you know, I I think 
Rihanna often comes to this podcast uh, for advice. Wants to know what kind of career choices <laughs> should I make? Uh, you know, how how long until that's just uh, uh, you know on a nostalgia tour? Yeah, yeah, right, right. Well, and I think even with a nostalgia tour, like. I think last year, if you look at last year, like that was mostly nostalgia too, but it was like, Mm -hmm. I feel like it worked because I mean, one, it was like the music of South LA and the stadium is in South LA. Like it was, it was matched, but then also like having so many, it doesn't always work to have too many cooks in the kitchen, but that was Mm -hmm. one where it was like, Oh, now we're going here and now we're going here and now we're going here. And you had 15 minutes of like, all right, that was a ride, you know? Um, So I felt like there was kind of enough, it was enough going on, but a different approach. I, I kind of, I feel like if you got a Super Bowl halftime show in 15 minutes, like, I think that's the approach to take is just like, pull here, 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 it's a ride, and then you're done. Yeah. So yeah, that's our hot take. There you have it. <laughs> our hot takes. It was fun. <laughs> Do we feel like, uh, I mean, I mean, how does this, how does, this is ostensibly a preaching podcast uh, as well. How does that how does that relate, Zach? Are there times when we just get up in the pulpit and it's like, you know what? This is just uh this is a work a day week, you know? Here here it is. I'm gonna give you what you need. Here's the hit. And uh yeah, that's what we've got. Yeah. I mean, I think that apply that happens applies. Um I think where the metaphor starts to break down is um around the Super Bowl. Uh, <laughs> right. Like this wasn't like yeah. a Thursday night in Milwaukee. Um either this is easter sunday mm-hmm. um yeah this is easter sunday uh is it though i don't know uh it's a weird <laughs> weird thing um yeah i think that's where it breaks down a bit man uh you gotta have some utilitarian good news that you uh you bust out that doesn't depend on you pulling out all the stops or doing all the flashy things um yeah, I think I wonder if in part like this halftime show is less like I wonder if in years to come we look back at that halftime show. I don't know if we're going to be talking about the impact of that show specifically, but we'll be talking more about like Rihanna's legacy. Like, oh yeah, she's amazing rather than like that particular show was. Do you know what I mean? Does that make sense? Yeah. Um, and maybe that also um, <laughs> you're some weeks uh, you're in the pulpit and you're relying on, you do this every week and the people know you and they're with you and it's, it's fine. And they might not talk about that particular Sunday, but they're good because this is the community that I rely on. So like, yeah. did I, did it, did it, did, does, does that work? <laughs> um, I mean, I think it's, you know, the other perhaps, <laughs> More true to life way to make the metaphor is that if you announce you are pregnant at the beginning of a sermon, nobody's going to hear did. anything you say afterwards. I did that once. I did that once. Of course, I wasn't pregnant, but I did announce Chris's uh, pregnancy at the beginning of a at sermon. At the beginning? It, uh, it worked. Yeah. You know? Yeah. It, did uh, anybody talk about your sermon afterwards? Probably not. But, uh, <laughs> you know, box checked. So. Mm-hmm. Well, now that we pulled a hamstring trying to connect the halftime show to preaching, uh, <laughs> let's start with the text. T for T, Matt. Um, it's Lent. 
Lent snuck up on us again. Uh, and it's year A, which means we're all kicking off our catechumenate. It's gonna be it's gonna be great. It's gonna be great. <laughs> we had ideals and dreams, man. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I might uh, I might have a baptism this year. We'll see. Still, still uh, working on finalizing the contract on that one, but uh, we'll we're working on it. Working on. We had a bunch last year because you know it was like a couple years buildup with, uh, yeah. with COVID. But now this year, I think we we might have one, we might not, but uh, we'll still have mm-hmm. a good time. But year A does mean we get some good stories, and we have some classics this morning. We do, Matt. Uh, it's good stuff. We get to start in Genesis, and um, I think it's always good to get. You know, I think there's just so much good stuff in Genesis uh, that you forget is there. We're in the second chapter of Genesis, Matt, which is the uh, the old second creation story, Garden of Eden. Uh, immediately, everybody's going to be with you, which gives you a lot more license in like um, uh, in the days in which we live, in which uh, biblical literacy is not super high, uh, which is fine. Um you uh, you got to do a lot more like teaching. You can't take stuff for granted. Whereas here, you're going to read the story. And everybody's like, oh, this old story. And they're going to have that. And you don't got to, you can skip over that and get to do some other stuff, right? Like strap yourself onto a Super Smash Brothers set uh, and go up in the air and do those sorts of homiletical tricks. Uh, the Lord God took the man and put him in the Garden of Eden to till it and keep it. Uh, unemployment was at 0%. And the Lord God commanded the man, you may eat freely may freely eat of each and every tree in the garden, but of the tree of the knowledge of good and evil, you shall not eat, which was a bummer. Uh, For in the day that you eat of it, you shall die. Now, the serpent, we skip ahead. The serpent was more crafty than any other wild animal that the Lord had made. And he said to the woman, did God say you shall not eat from any tree in the garden? And the woman said to the serpent, we made of the fruit of the trees in the garden. But God said, you shall not eat the fruit of the tree that is in the middle of the garden, nor shall you touch it, uh, which I think is an addition here. Uh, don't even touch it. You shall die. Safety precaution. But the serpent said to the woman, you will not die, for God knows that you eat of it, uh, that when you eat of it, your eyes will be opened, and you will be like God, knowing good and evil. So when the woman saw that the tree was good for food, and it was a delight to the eyes, and that the tree was to be desired to make one wise, she took of its fruit and ate And she also gave some to her husband, who was with her, and he ate, asking no questions. Then the eyes of both were opened, and they knew that they were naked, and they sewed fig leaves together and made loincloths for themselves. The gospel, no, it's not the gospel. It's the word of God, the word of life, obviously. Thanks be to God. I heard there was a Super Bowl commercial on this one, and I missed it. I didn't see it. Some with avocados. Oh, I didn't see it either. Yeah, but he gets us. He gets. <laughs> yeah, why don't we talk about that today? Next week. <laughs> Next week we'll talk about Super Road commercials. Um, this is first a pop music podcast. Mm-hmm. Um, gosh, there's so much here, and the thing that strikes me and is worth lifting up, uh, and I'm not sure where you get the good news out of it, is that this is not not like the snake isn't lying. It does not. Yeah. Seem- yeah, is this is this the classic case of the villain that you can relate to, where you're like, it's not, it's not wrong. Yeah, right. Like, uh, and the text says, right, it's good for food. Like the narrator says, it's good for food. 
yes. and that it's good for wisdom. Yes. Um, right. Like it doesn't say, you know, I mean, there's so many questions to ask. Why is the tree there? Why would God build the garden in such a, a clear, uh, what's the gun analogy, the literary meta, like the literary device of, uh, what you call it? Chekhov's gun. gun. Chekhov's gun. It's Chekhov's tree here. Uh, Chekhov's tree. Um, is clearly set up in a way where the, the, the tree is going to go off. Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's, um, it's, it's a glass onion or maybe just an onion. This, <laughs> this text. Uh, cause you, cause you know, there's a, there's a, there's a surface reading where you're like, yep, they messed up. Good. And then like all this stuff played out, uh, cause they messed up. Okay, great. Uh, but then you, then you pull it back a layer and you're like, wait, what? Like, why, why did God set it up this way? The serpent is not wrong. What exactly is the sin? I mean, I understand like God told them to do something, but then it just becomes an, I told you so. Cause what is the, like, where they harm? They don't someone? die. It's, they don't God's die. Lying, right. Like, why? yeah, God, God's right. Like God's lying. Or at, least, the or at least it's like a, or at least it's like an Obi-Wan Kenobi from a certain point of view. Well, you will die, but it will be later. Like, you know, it's like mm-hmm. a, it's, it's a, it's a certain point of view. Uh, and it's, it, it becomes sort of weird and it's like, so, but isn't this good for, and so then you would have folks that will make an interpretation where it's like, well, they needed to do this because this is growth. This is like, they lose their innocence, but you have to, so that you can have knowledge of good and evil. And, and uh, it just murkies the water a little bit more. And so I, I guess I'm wondering this year, is there another layer to peel um, to see what we do with this text? How, how does this become, how does it either become good news or set up good news in a more helpful way? Uh, than maybe ways that we have read it before. What's the next layer of the onion here? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I like it. I like um, one of the the ways that I make sense of that I usually, one of my, the first mm, mm, words, Matt, they fail me as a podcast host. Uh, one of the things that I do oftentimes, one of my first go-tos with, with some of these like kind of origin stories in the Bible uh, is that that I think one of the their main purposes is to tell us something about the uh, like the something that's really central to who we are um, mm. that they're about identity more than anything because um, that's you know that's how an origin story functions um, and so I wonder that's the question I am approaching the text with right what does this tell us about the real kind of like essence of what it means to be a human in the world. Um, and so, uh, you know, there's <laughs> confusion, certainly, right? Like, um, we're coming off of a gospel, was it last week? No, two weeks ago. We're let your yes be yes and your no be no. And there's real certainty and clarity, right? Uh, and that sounds real nice, uh, but that's not the world that Adam and Eve here are living in. Um, there's some real clear, There's there appears to be a lot of clarity. Uh, eat from these trees, don't eat from that tree. Got it. If you eat from it, you'll die. Uh, but you know, look at it from the other angle and the snake's telling the truth and they didn't die. Uh, and it's, it gets real confusing. Um, and it has, you know, you can, I think you can find this cross shape, uh, this cross shaped vision of like what, what life looks like that the wisdom does come at a cost. Um, right. The new life always has a cost. Um, so I don't know. That's what strikes yeah. me first. 
Yeah, yeah. Yeah. I wonder, like, like why does God set it up this way? I mean, so, so it's like God has... I feel like I'm going to shave the edge off the text for just a moment and then I'm going to try to pull the edge back. But, um, but it's like, okay, so God sets it up one way. I was like, okay, this is, this is the way I think you should go. And then we're going to choose a different way. And there's going to be a cost to that. But God then continues to work with that. Right. It's like, we continue to like, I don't know. It's like, yes, God set it up in a certain, in a certain way. But the other thing God set up was like giving us, God, it's, I'm trying not to take this back to the corny, like gives us free will, but it is this sense of like, gave us the ability to like shape our own lives with all of the costs and the benefits that come with that. And that God like travels along with us through that process. Right. So like, we're going to add this thing. So God's going to add this thing. So we're going to add this thing. God's going to add this thing. And like, I don't quite want to go all the way to co-creation, but there's some, there's some kind of like, we work on this thing together. Like we make a move, God makes a move. Um, and and I, th- I think there's good news in that just in the sense that like there, it's not as if um, once you color outside the lines, it's over <laughs> or once yeah. you, once you take a wrong turn, well, you're done too bad. Uh, <laughs> good luck in the next life, but that God can continue to work uh, and God can continue to shape our lives. Um, so I don't know. I didn't get all the way there, but I think I'm. I think I'm getting Perhaps lower. The good news is that through is that the tree is good for food. The chum. <laughs> way to simplify it. Good, good. Uh, but but it's that the that as they make the the mistakes as we make the mistakes as you die. Um, uh, God is still like providing in the midst of that. Still giving you a like mm-hmm. you can still eat the fruit. It's still good for food. Uh, even in the midst of <laughs> it killing you, <laughs> it killing you. <laughs> it doesn't say that it'll kill them. It says they'll die. So it implies that the tree would be involved in that, but maybe it's just a fortune cookie. Maybe it's just a fortune cookie or an avocado from Mexico. Let's see what's in the gospel. The Holy Gospel according to Matthew, we're at chapter four here. So after doing uh, chapter five and onward with the Sermon on the Mount, now we're going back to uh, chapter four. Jesus was led up by the Spirit into the wilderness to be tempted by the devil. All that in one sentence. Led up Mm. by the Spirit into the wilderness to be tempted by the devil. He fasted 40 days and 40 nights, and afterwards he was famished. The tempter came and said to him, If you are the Son of God, command these stones to become loaves of bread. But he answered, It is written, One does not live by bread alone, but by every word that comes from the mouth of God. Then the devil took him to the holy city and placed him on the pinnacle of the temple, saying to him, If you are the Son of God, throw yourself down, for it is written, He will command his angels concerning you. And on their hands, they will bear you up so that you will not dash your foot against a stone. Jesus said to him, again, it is written, do not put the Lord your God to the test. Again, the devil took him to a very high mountain and showed him all the kingdoms of the world in their splendor. And he said to him, all these I will give you if you will fall down and worship me. Jesus said to him, away with you, Satan, for it is written, 
Worship the Lord your God and serve only him. Then the devil left him, and suddenly angels came and waited on him. The Gospel of the Lord. Praise you, O Christ. What a story, man. What a story indeed. <laughs> Another one that feels like an onion with some layers. Oh my goodness. Mm-hmm. I'm struck this week. The the image I have in my head uh, is this. Uh, I mentioned Obi Wan Kenobi before. This feels like a like an Obi Wan the Darth Vader lightsaber battle. Just uh, mm. clash, clash. This move, this move. Maybe it's the multiverse of madness, like the two Doctor Stranges uh, fighting each other. Yeah. Uh, you know this move, this move, or even I mean this is a classic literary genre right here. Uh, it could be from the Sandman. Did you watch the Sandman? I did, yeah, yeah. You know the battle with Lucifer, where it's like this really strange battle where they just like <laughs> it's all like imagination. It's uh, mm -hmm. uh, you know, it's like it's something like that. Uh, I feel like there's a there's a reading of it that I I don't like the it feels like proof texting back and forth like you want yeah. like which which feels uh, unhelpful, um, but but there is definitely a like. Tempter comes to Jesus. Jesus parries the blow, deflects it. Another one. But um, yeah, what do we do with it? In a sense, it's another version of a transfiguration text, which Ooh. makes it a little frustrating, mm. right? That, that spoilers. I don't love the transfiguration <laughs> uh, because it has this like real clarity, and that sounds great. But that just has very little to do with my life. Um. And again, it's just incredible clarity, right? Like how nice would it be uh, to know that you're talking to the devil? Because then you can make sense of everything, right? That's the bad guy. And I do the opposite of what the bad guy wants me to do. Um, you know, it's real clear, right? It's not a, I don't know if this like is a, as a aspirational text to like shape human behavior because uh, very rarely are we so clearly up against uh, are we dueling with the devil in, in that kind of literal sense here, right? Um, that, that, the, that our lives are lived much more in shades of, of gray. Um, so, um, yeah. I mean, and it is like a transcendental sort of experience as well. There are 40 days, 40 nights, he's famished, he's hallucinating, uh, you know, hey Matthew, you ready for this? Is this a dream? <laughs> yeah, yeah, all these dream state sort of things happening here. Yeah, 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 yeah. Because my thought was like, I mean, it feels so supernatural that it, it doesn't feel like a thing we face on a daily. But maybe if the voices, it's it's almost the um, the conversations that we have with ourselves about like, what's the next thing? What's the best thing for me to do in this situation? Well, it seems like I can do this, but on the other hand, like here's this angle like it's this it's 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 the kinds of conversations the things that we hear the things that we tell ourselves um the good things we tell ourselves and the bad things we tell ourselves um so maybe this is the thing that's happening in a dream state mm -hmm. inside your head yeah i mean i think that's um that's one of the ways that i read an old gen another genesis text right that's very uh clear cut and is uh i've got connections here to the sacrifice of isaac Mm -hmm. Right, that um, that I 
my kind of like the best reading I've come up with for the sacrifice of Isaac, right? Abraham has this really clear, God wants me to kill Isaac. So that's what we're going to do. Uh, and, and, and it should be like, I think that kind of certainty is actually like a red flag for like revelation, right? Like if it's really clear what, uh, what you're supposed to do, if it's that clear, right? It, it's probably because you're not hearing all like the fullness of the, of the song, you know? Um, so I wonder, you know, I don't know. I'm getting connections there as well. And it's way more helpful when it's, uh, when it's couched around like the serpent, because that sounds like a fable, right? And this doesn't sound, for some reason, I'm not hearing it in as much as like a fable kind of situation, right? Like maybe I should, yeah. I I don't know good good news yet, other than uh, other than the the classic Jesus is with us in our wilderness, Man. in our in our internal battles, in our dream states. Yeah. But it becomes a kind of good news of presence, I think, because uh, it's it's definitely a story, not a story that's over, right? Like you talk about like clarity and that feeling unhelpful, um, and the the ending of the story is sort of ominous because uh, it implies it's it's definitely a stinger at the end of the movie. Uh, the devil left him, but it doesn't say opportune time like some of the other gospels do. But, oh uh, yeah, but yeah. You still, but you still get this sense that uh, you know this isn't over, <laughs> right? Which is similar to that Sandman scene. You know, it's like he wins, but Lucifer's on the warpath now. So, and it is like within if you consider the the Matthew narrative close, right? There's not another like encounter like this, right? There's not a, mm-hmm. um, which is interesting. Um, right? Like it feels like there should be a closing battle at the end, right? Like the screenwriters for this are not very good because uh, they set it up and then don't. There's no payoff. <laughs> There's no payoff, right? Unlike the, the, the Chekhov's gun in Genesis, the, the, the gun here does never resolve. It's just, and maybe that's where the good news is. Like, I don't know. Maybe that's a good place to look around the rummage for some good news. Um, is the lack of like um, that feels a lot more true to life, right? Like of like certainty and getting riled up about something, uh, and then never getting the closure that I want. Yeah, yeah. I mean, or the devil comes back in in different ways, right? It talks about like like whether it's um coming through the various demons that Jesus will, will face off against in other ways, whether it's through the the powers that be in the story, whether it's through the cross itself. I mean, it the when the devil returns, it's not in the same guise. It's, yeah. it's this continually evolving form. Hmm. Is this, okay. You could think about it like, uh, like Mike Tyson's punch out. Right, where uh, Jesus has to fight all the baddies to get to the end. Um, <laughs> on one hand, you could see like this is like, I mean, this is the the devil himself has shown up. Right? Is this Mike Tyson at the end of it, um, or is this Glass Glass Joe? Isn't that his name? The first guy. Um, and uh, I think it's more Glass Joe because it's so easy, right? Like, <laughs> it's the bad guy in front of me, so. Yeah, let's Mortal yeah. Kombat this thing and and win Street Fighter. 
the Gospels as a video game. Wow. Mm-hmm. Do you know what kind of music the the theme is for Mortal Kombat? The like musical theme for you know what genre no. it is? It's a it's a Finnish hymn. <laughs> Good job. Good Finish, job. Um, Finish this podcast, Matt. What are you uh, listening to? <laughs> uh, well, uh, thinking about the dream state uh, temptation, I'll go with The Devil Inside by NXS. Oh, my mm. gosh. Missing one of us, The Devil Inside. And then, oh, my gosh, I just remembered. Zach, I've been watching The Last of Us. I don't think you're on that train yet. I'm uh, not. But it's uh, oh, it's intense. Every time uh, – I, I can only watch it by myself. So sometimes Chris comes home and is like, what are you watching? I'm like, zombies. Oh, okay. Uh, it's not mm-hmm. technically zombies because it's a, it's a fungus infection. It's a whole – get into the science of it. And yeah. it's really yeah, yeah, yeah. terrifying. I mean, like – I mean, the premise, right? It's like there's like these funguses like in real life that will take over ants, you know? And they take over the ants' yeah, yeah, body yeah. and use it for its own – so the idea is like if this happened to humans. It kind of happens like, to deer. Yeah. It's like, yeah, it's like it's like a Michael Crichton story where it's like, it's just close enough to reality. You're kind of it's like you feel like, oh my god, mm-hmm. it's actually, wow. Uh, I still don't understand why we can't get dino DNA out of mosquitoes trapped in amber. Right? I, I don't I don't get it. Uh but let me tell you, uh, the music on episode uh, four was pretty incredible. So episode four, they get a truck, and lo and behold, in the truck, they find a tape. The tape has, uh, it's like the best of Hank Williams. <laughs> and, uh, mm-hmm. They start, they play this song alone and forsaken. How have I not? I, I was like, I couldn't stop listening to it. It was so incredible. It was like something from another world. It was so good. I'm sure you've never heard the song before, Zach. I'm sure you'd have no <laughs> idea. Like, I don't think it doesn't come to mind immediately. <laughs> so good. So good. So uh, I'm throwing on uh, Hank Williams and the Drifting Cowboys, Alone and Forsaken. Uh, that's Jesus in the Wilderness right there. Let's just let's do it. I could probably save it for Good Friday, but it's it's so in my brain uh, this week because of the way they used it uh, as a soundtrack for driving through the countryside. Uh, that it's just it's just that good. And then finally, they close the episode with a version of True. I was like, what song is this? Well, it's True Faith, uh, which is a song mm. by Depeche Mode, I want to say. But um, or maybe... I think it's Depeche Mode. Um, but uh, it's a cover by Lottie Kestner, and it's like a very moody, uh, same lyrics, very different feel kind of song. So true faith. Uh, so, yeah, stuff from uh, Apocalyptic Show, The Last of Us. That's what I got. What do you listen to? I like it. I uh, did some Coachella prep this week. Uh, and I got a Blackpink song I put down called Shut Down. Uh, which has a really interesting video of them tearing down the sets of their old music videos to start a new <laughs> chapter in their <laughs> career, uh, which nice. I think fits uh, both these texts. You know, it's all in the first week of Lent. We're shutting down some old things, starting up some new. Uh, that's pretty good. Alex G. Do you know Alex G? Yeah, on the Coachella playlist. Yeah, I uh, only know our good friend Alex through uh, through the Coachella playlist. Uh, he's got a song called Runner. He's like a currently my uh, severely critical uh, quick take on him is he's a poor man's uh, uh, bleachers kind of guy. Um, <laughs> I like but, bleachers. Uh, yeah, I love bleachers. Right? Uh, and the outro, uh, not the outro, uh, the end of verse three uh, repeats. Yes, I've done a couple bad things. 
yes, I've done a couple bad things. And so, uh, you know, that fits this week. Temptation, we're in the Garden of Eden, lots of things going on. Then uh, you may know her as one of the worst drivers in the music industry. As you recall, one time she crashed her car into a bridge. She watched and she just let it burn. And she said that she did not care. It's Charlie XCX um, who has uh, a newish uh, track that came out in 2021 uh, called Good Ones. She talks about how much she enjoys the bad ones. Uh, and she always lets the good ones go. And so maybe that's playing in the background as our good friends uh, Eve and Adam take the advice of a serpent and uh, eat some uh, bad fruit that turns out is good for food. Good stuff. Good playlist. Well, dear listeners, it's been real. Real vinyl.